Welcome to the Joe Knows Podcast, your average Joe's sports podcast. I'm Joey Bonadonna, and finally we're at episode two. Uh, last episode was episode one. Uh, we covered Jordan Love, the Patrick Mahomes mega extension. Uh, also talked about some uh, NBA and M- MLB previews, and both of those seasons are well in swing with the NBA playoffs uh, now in session down the bubble in Orlando. Um Finally, after you know a, a lot of tough news that's come over come out over this past month um, with sports, uh, we're finally back to episode two, and I think there's a lot to discuss. Um, you know, we can first start with uh, what's gone on in college football with um, the Big Ten canceling their season, uh, as well as the Pac-12, uh, hope, hope, hoping to move to the spring and we'll discuss that later in the episode uh training camp for the packers and the rest of the nfl is is well in swing Uh, the brewers uh they're a month into their season the bucks number one seed in the east and number one seed in the entire nba playoffs so we know we know seeding really doesn't mean much in terms of home court advantage but uh we, we see there's a lot that's happened in the last month and we'll 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 start right away with uh, what's going on in the NFL? Um, it, training camp started. You know the rookies were finally able to see what they're doing. Uh, no preseason, which it, that's very tough. Um, you know, as a fan, you're not going to be able to be watching football here in August. Uh, it, it's 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 going to be a very different off season at, at that we're attributed to seeing. Excuse me. A very different preseason as we're attributed to season. It's just going to be all training camp. Can't attend these training camps like you usually do. I usually make it out to two or three a year, or at least try and you know catch bits of it. But you know we see here with the rookies that have come in. I remember. Let's go back all the way to the draft. Everyone's freaking out. And I, I discussed in the last episode about Jordan Love. And we come in to training camp. Jordan Love is just about as I expected. You know, he shows very good flashes. But, you know, we see this little bit of, you know, a mechanic issue, decision making. Uh, you know, it's going to be a while coming. And I think um, it's a while coming before we see him get up into what we expect of him in a first-round pick. Uh, but I don't think Jordan Love is going to be the talk of training camp uh, from this draft class. I, it, I, dare I say it, it's going to be A.J. Dillon. I mean, this guy, viral pictures across the Internet, across social media, this guy's legs are huge. They are tree trunks. There's no other way you can put it. This guy is a mini Saquon, as they're calling him. Uh, you know, you, you talk about Derrick Henry, who's out in uh, Tennessee, uh, just led the NFL in rushing while, you know, A.J. Dillon's a good three inches shorter and Derrick Henry was a Heisman winner. A.J. Dillon can contribute a lot to this Packers offense. And I think we discussed, uh, and a lot of people have discussed it also, this Packers team isn't going to be you know, as I'm watching a bunch of old games uh, this offseason on uh, NFL Game Pass or whatever, you see 
the the 2014 game against the Bears, Aaron Rodgers throws six touchdowns, three of them to Jordy Nelson. He's got um, in this offense. You've got Jordy Nelson. You've got Randall Cobb. Uh, you got your Michael Finley the year before before he had his injury. You have Greg Jennings up until about 2013. Donald Driver, James Jones, guys out of the backfield, James Starks, Eddie Lacy. You have all these passing weapons. I don't. The Packers are not going to be that anymore. And I think the sooner we come to terms with that, the sooner we'll be better off as fans, as we know what we're going to expect, and we're going to expect smash mouth, run up the gut, run off the tackle football. Uh, Aaron Jones, uh, possibly one of the most underrated backs in the NFL. Uh, Jamal Williams, a great third down back. And when Aaron Jones is out, we can see Jamal Williams can really take a big workload. And now you add A.J. Dillon into the mix. I think the possibilities are limitless to what you can do with this run attack. I think everything's going to be balanced. I don't think I think obviously Aaron Jones is the number 1 back. But you're going to see a lot of these three guys and potentially uh Dexter Williams who uh didn't really do too much uh this past year out of Notre Dame, but I think he's a guy to look out for. Uh excuse me. Dexter Williams, I think he's proven that he wants to, you know, be a good back here in the NFL, and I think this is going to be a good opportunity for him to get some touches. They also talk about Tyler Irvin. Uh, there's been talk in camp that they're moving him to wide receiver. Uh, I think he can play either or. He's a really quick guy. We're going to see him as a returner, the primary t- returner, and you know, even though he didn't have a touchdown last year, he was a big upgrade to what the Packers had in the return game what 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 was it they hadn't had a positive return and i don't know what it was it was some crazy number but then tyler irvin comes in you know really the savior of the special teams unit there in the second half of the season the running backs unit in my opinion possibly one of the deepest in the nfl no one's really talking about it at least in the nfc north you you look over in Detroit, they've got Carrion Johnson and DeAndre Swift. That That's a very good tandem right there. You look down in Chicago, they've got Tariq Cohen, David Montgomery. Again, a very good tandem. Uh, you look out in Minnesota, Dalvin Cook, um, Alexander Madison. There's um, another guy they have out there. I'm blanking on the name. I think Boone is his name. But we, we look at what the Packers have. It, it's a very good running unit. And that's a lot of what this offense banked on last year. And, you know, you talk about, you know, you have one of the best talented quarterbacks to ever play the game, and you're relying on your running game. In my opinion, that's what makes Aaron Rodgers more dangerous. Because now you can't come into a game saying, we're going to shut down Aaron Rodgers. Then there's a run game you've got to deal with. If you come in trying to shut down the run game, you're leaving Aaron Rodgers wide open and do whatever he wants. I think we saw that um, a little bit in the Raiders game. That was possibly one of his best games of the last two, three years. And the Raiders really come in trying to stop the run and stop Aaron Jones. Aaron Rodgers goes out. He throw with, with Devontae Adams out. 
He's got Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Alan Lazard, Geronimo Allison, I think, had one. Jimmy Graham had one. I think Aaron Jones had one out of the backfield. You can't come into games now trying to shut down one or the other. You're going to have to shut down both. And I think that's what Matt LaFleur is going to be able to do with this offense in 2020 is you're going to have to be able to shut down both to succeed against the Packers. And we'll see what comes uh, come September 13th when the Packers travel out to Minnesota. And, uh, of course, we'll discuss more as we get closer to that game what the Vikings are going to look like. But I think that's going to be a very good game, and I think it's going to be a true test to see how this year two offense for Matt LaFleur can progress from that 13-3 and record a year ago. Um, regardless, I think there is a lot to be excited about about this Packers offense and not something that a lot of people in the national media are going to discuss. I mean, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, possibly one of the best uh, trios in the NFL. I mean, uh, you maybe have one down in New Orleans with Breeze and Kamara and Thomas. You've got Dak, Zeke, and Amari Cooper in Dallas. Maybe Matt Ryan, uh, Todd Gurley, and Julio Jones. But if I'm going to pick one right now, I, I'm going to pick Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, and... Um, Aaron Jones and there's going to be a lot to try and stop if you're going to try if the Packers offense can get going within the first uh, first month of the season which it's a very tough test you've got the Vikings on the road the Lions who've got an upstart offense uh, on the road against the Saints and then the Falcons coming in you're it's going to be a tough first month it's a really tough schedule, period, but it's going to be a tough first month, and I think if they can get through that with a 3-1 and one record, there's a lot of possibilities of what can go on with the Packers offense. I think A.J. Dillon's going to be a big part of that. Um, the other picks that have been really making some noise, in my opinion, one of the, one of the picks no one's really discussing is Jonathan Garvin, the, the edge rusher out of Miami. And we, we listened to Mike Pettin this week uh, discuss, you know, the impact of some of these guys that are going to be playing behind Zadarius and Preston Smith. He talked about Rashawn Gary, which I think the coaching staff has a lot of faith in Rashawn Gary, and I think he's going to be a big part uh, in the 2020 defense, and I think he's going to see a lot more snaps and a lot more production. But the seventh-round pick out of Miami, Jonathan Garvin, I think possibly is going to be a very dark horse uh, defensive rookie of the year. And, and there's not a lot of defensive rookie. You probably talk about Kamal Martin, but he's going to be one of, I think, the best defensive rookie on this team. Um. If he can get enough snaps and he's he looks from what I've seen on Twitter, uh, he's been making a lot of plays. Um, I liked him a lot coming out of Miami in the draft. I, I 
I don't know how he fell to the seventh round. He did. The Packers, I think, in my opinion, got a steal on him. And I think at some point down the road this season, whether it's this season or next season, he's going to make his name heard and really break out in this Packers defense uh, and make himself a big producer. Um, so that that's really all I want to discuss about the draft class and how they've done so far in training camp. But it's there's a lot. I think Jordan Love isn't going to see the field, I don't think, this season. Um, I think Josiah DeGuara really – I wasn't too sure on the pick to begin with because, you know – there's a lot of better tight ends on the board, but Josiah DeGuar is much more than a tight end. He's really an athlete. He can play full the traditional fullback, the H-back, um, the tight end position really well. And I think the possibilities are endless with him individually. I think Kamal Martin um, could potentially be a good a linebacker two next to Christian Kirksey, who I think also has a really has had a pretty good camp. He has had he had that interception off of Rodgers in the first week of camp. Um, also, there you could probably talk about Oren Burks, who um, I think Oren Burks really could break out in that linebacker two spot. There's a lot of breakout candidates uh, on this Packers defense, especially that I think are going to rise to the challenge behind. You know, the big names, the Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, the Smith brothers, Kenny Clark. I think there's a lot of guys that can rise to the challenge and make this Packers defense that much better. And I think it's going to be a lot of the young guys, especially. Um, the, the offensive line group, I think that presents a lot of depth. Uh, we know the offensive line is going to have an injury at some point during the season, and I think any of those three guys, Stepanak has been out with the the torn ACL that he had in the bowl game for Indiana, but I think the other two guys, Hanson and and Runyon, those two guys can probably jump in. If they're getting good enough reps during camp, um, they could be on the 53-man roster at some point during the, the, the regular season and really... They can jump in, provide depth for the Packers' offensive line. They also talk about Vernon Scott. I think there's going to be some possible opportunities for him down the road, but I think he's a practice squad candidate. Uh, I talked about Jonathan Garvin. I think he he might be my favorite outside of A.J. Dillon, and I think he's going to be the sleeper pick of – of this draft class by far. And, you know, that's really all, all I wanted to discuss uh, on that topic. Uh, we'll move on to uh, yeah, a tough one. Um, the the Big Ten canceling their fall sports season, which obviously also includes football. That's going to mean a fall without Badger football. And I don't know what it was watching that Rose Bowl game. It was like, it was almost surreal to me. It was like in a lot of these games that the last game of the year, I think you, you talk about the Packers and the NFC Championship and especially the, the Badgers and the Rose Bowl. Watching those games, it was like something told me inside. like this might like 
this is an this is not going to be a normal game at least the aftermath and as we saw two months later after those games were played in january we see um sports across the country and the world get shut down now we don't know when we're going to see badger football again we hope spring but i just don't see how that's realistic you you talk about having to move everything to the spring and then try and play again in the fall that's nearly impossible um you see and i'll talk about what i hope to see and even then it, it's a it's a negative situation it's a catch-22 there's there's no win i think the best case scenario maybe and we saw kevin warren the big 10 commissioner say that you know our decision is final we're not playing this fall best case scenario somehow some way big 10 pac-12 say you know what we've changed our mind we're gonna come back in october play from october to february and play for a true uh, college football playoff national championship alongside the other power five conferences but at this point there's no real point to this college football season you see two power five conferences out uh the mac um in the group of five they're out and they they boast um you know not a lot of talent in that in that group not a lot of talented teams but you know that's a group of five conference fcs has canceled fall sports and that includes trey lance one of the best uh quarterback prospects in the upcoming draft which i think we'll discuss that once we know more in the future about what's going on with trey lance and what he's going to do but in my opinion there's no point to having a college football season i think there's too much backtracking that would have to be done and the hope is in my opinion that there is no season because if there is a season there's going to be a fall and spring season that is going to be hell to try and figure out players are going to be off the charts upset there's going to be a lot of opt-outs for a spring season um a lot of players declare for the draft there's just there's i I don't know what it is there's there's a lot of negatives surrounding this college football situation and I think decisions have already been made, and it's it's going to be real tough to have a college football season. I think there's no other way of putting it. And I think I'll leave it at that. I think there's a lot of people that have a lot of thoughts on the situation. And, you know, there have been – I myself have no idea how this could have been handled – I think there it it could be safe to have a season, but I, I don't think that's my place to discuss. I think there are people that really know what they're talking about. And, you know, they decided, hey, you know, it's not safe for us to have a season or we're not having a season. It, that's really all we can say. It, there could have been more discussed that we don't know. It, to make a Hamilton reference, no one else was in the room where it happened. But... It, you know, we'll see how it goes. I hope we're back in 2021. College football is, is so great. It's 
one of my favorite sports to watch. Um, there's just there's a different energy to it than NFL. I, I personally like NFL better, but there's a different energy to it that I really like. Um, and, you know, it, it, it sucks that we're not going to have it this year. Um, it, for, this, for the Big Ten and the Pac-12, um, as a Big Ten fan of the Badgers, you know, you hope to have it as a fan. You hope to have it in the spring, but it's not in the best interest for players to go from the spring to play again in the fall. You know, I think we'll leave it at that. And we're going to go on to something that requires less hypothetical talk. Uh, the Bucks are already in the swing. You know what? Before we talk about the Bucks, I didn't plan this. It's going to be a little bit more rambling than these past two. And the, the past two have kind of been rambling. I'll admit it. The last two have been really rambling, not really structured. But we're going to go. We're going to talk about the Brewers. Oh, man. You know... I don't know what to say. They just lost a series to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, 7-17. Seven and 17. And they've beaten us in how many games? Let me look here. And not only did they... They swept, they swept the Brewers. I, I did not even think about it. They, they swept the Brewers this weekend. Oh, man. All right. Well, let's discuss. Um, they are currently 4-2 and two against the Brewers this season, and they're 7-17. Seven and 17. That means that they have won more games against the Brewers than they have against the rest of their schedule. Enough talking about the Pirates. The Pirates suck, but the Brewers have sucked even more. Okay, let's go look at the Brewers' last stretch. Um, they've been playing from behind in almost every single game that we've watched, that we've seen from them. And, okay, we, we jump ahead to what's gone on the, this last break here. They had a good, they had a good series against the Cubs uh, the 13th through the 16th. They lose a series at the Twins. The Twins are one of the best offenses in baseball. You can't really expect the pitching to really do well against them. But you come into this Pirates series and you think, okay, easy, knock it right out of the park. Not one of these games was really close. They, they should have won the game uh, this last game on Sunday. But the first two, you lose 7-2. to two. Who's pitching in that one? Adrian Hauser, four earned runs, seven innings pitched. Yeah. For once, they actually were leading to start the game as Ben Gamble hit a home run the second, but they completely piled on after that, won seven to two. The next day, lose 12 to five. Josh Lindblom on the mound, four innings pitched, three earned runs. Only four strikeouts. Today, they were winning in the eighth. And Polanco, who's been god-awful this year, ends up having a great series against us and ends up 
getting the game-winning home run, his fourth of the year, his, I'll look at it, how many in this series did he have? He had two, maybe three, is it three? He had, well, he had two. But, oh boy, just, what is there to say? The, the Brewers are 11-15. and 15. Um, They're lucky that they, they have, well, no, the Cardinals are still a good team, but in my opinion, there's no way they see the playoffs. They're going to have to sweep the Reds here. They got the Pirates again in a four-game series at home. Okay, well, if you can win six out of those eight, maybe you're back in the swing of things. Then you got the Tigers. Okay, well, at this point, you can't even put wins in the win column until they've been won because you think you're going to go into the you're going to going to go into Pittsburgh and win at least two out of three, and you lose all three. Like that's embarrassing. I don't know how else to put it. That's embarrassing to get swept by the Pittsburgh Pirates. And I'll leave it at that. Know what's rambling. But originally I was going to talk about how Yelich is struggling. Yelich has been doing fine now. He had no for today uh, on Sunday, but he's been doing just fine. He's had what? Uh, I'll look to see what he's done. He has seven homers. He's back into the... It was usual swing of things. He's only batting 200, but on base percentage of 321. Seven home runs. But, oh boy, there's nothing else to discuss. I, there, there's, I think, I, I don't even know what to say. It's just, it's bad. It's really, really bad. This, year, this weekend was an embarrassment, and I'll leave it at that. We're going to go on and discuss what's going on with the Bucks. Uh, it's made. This was made before Game 4 of the first round, which will be Monday, which as a recording this is tomorrow. Um, lost Game 1. In, in my, I was going to say this and put it in writing, but I didn't want to... I, I, Watching that game one right before, I'm like, I don't have a good feeling about this. I think we're going to lose. Lo and behold, we lost. Laughing stock of the internet for how many hours until the the Lakers went on to beat the Blazers. That's the second time today I've called them the Lakers when talking about the Blazers-Lakers series. Um... But that, that was not a good game. We were not even close. There was a good start, but then the Magic came in and piled on. These last two games have been more of what we expect from the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, it, how, how much of a point differential? Sorry, I'm a little bit unorganized for this one. But the Bucks in the last two games, they've won by 14 and they won by, let me do some math here, they won by 15 the other day. 
14 and 15 point wins you, you know you might put it in the book as you know it's the magic should beat them by more you know we'll take it considering how much of an embarrassment it was in game one it, you know losing to the wizard uh, losing to the grizzlies even though yes i know they were without Giannis. Uh, losing to the nets in game three of the reset that that's not great but you know they're up in a 2-1 series and if they can win tomorrow they'll go up 3-1 but i think what needs to be said is Giannis cannot bring this team to the finals by himself i know we we thought it but it already happened it happened last year in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Raptors shut down Giannis, and there was no one else that stood up in that series. And they still ended up going to six, but there's got to be someone else that steps up and becomes the second star, or maybe even the third, because if Chris Middleton's having an off series then and Giannis is getting shut down, then the Bucks have no chance. But there's got to be someone else that steps up. And I think one person that's really stepped up, and, you know, we thought he'd be the second star to Giannis before Chris Middleton really broke out when we traded for him uh, two years ago, is Eric Bledsoe. I think he's really come into his own in this series. Um, You know, he isn't really producing 20 points a night like you, you want from another guy. But you look at his stat line in Game 3, 14 points. That's solid. You look in Game 2, a 13-point outing for him. Game 1, when Chris Middleton, you know, wasn't really having a great night shooting the ball, Eric Bledsoe had 15 points. If, If you can get Eric Bledsoe scoring in the high teens going forward, you know, you know, you got a chance. You really do. And if you can have those three guys scoring, you have Brooke Lopez down low, you have a veteran presence in Wes Matthews and George Hill off the bench, and you, you talk about Dante DiVincenzo, he hasn't really had a great, uh, a great uh, showing so far in this restart, including the playoffs. But if he starts playing okay, you know, scoring some points a game, um, Pat, Pat Connaughton, he's been really great shooting the ball. Um, Kyle Korver, obviously. There's a really a lot of bench pieces that, you know, they just need to step up. And that's all that needs to happen to bring the Bucks further. Once that happens, they can go further. But until that happens, personally... I'm not confident saying that they could make it to the finals. They're going to have a really tough stretch ahead, especially they're going to have to go, presumably, go and play the Heat in round two. Seeing as though the Pacers don't come back from a 3-0 deficit, they're going to be playing the Miami Heat. Um, The... The series in the regular season against the Heat, the first two games was not good, and it seemed as though in the third game against the Heat here in the restart, it was not going that well either. Uh, Luckily, you know, we all know the end of the story. They came back and won. But 
I, I am personally scared of having a series against the Heat, and I think, honestly, they could take us to six or seven, maybe even beat us. But, like I say, if two or three of those Bucks' uh, extra pieces behind Giannis and Chris Middleton can step up, I, I see no reason why they can't beat the Heat beat the Celtics or the Raptors um, in the Eastern Conference Finals and make it to the Finals. I think it that is still in the cards, but I'm not I'm not confident putting it in stone right now. I think we, you come into these the the playoffs thinking, okay, the Bucks are a shoe in to at least make the Eastern Conference Finals. They are going to have to work for it. Shocker. A team is going to have to work to make to these at least the Eastern Conference Finals. We to air is human. The the Bucks are not the team that's overloaded with talent like a bunch of these other teams are. But we'll see how games four and five go. Hopefully they can close it out. Uh, beat the beat the Magic. Move on. Play the Heat. Presumably, like I said. Uh, not going to shut the door on bubble TJ Warren, but no one's coming back from a 3-0 deficit. And, you know, I'll say it. I said in um, episode one, the Suns were done. You know, they went 8-0, but they still didn't make it regardless. Can the Bucks make the finals? Absolutely. Is it going to be hard, harder than we expected? Absolutely. We're, we're going to have to see how it goes. I have confidence that they can make it, but I'm not going to set it in stone yet because they are going to have a very tough road ahead. Uh, With that, that is going to wrap it up for episode two. Uh, A lot shorter than I anticipated. I don't think this will be about an hour. But, uh, you know, I really enjoy making this content. I hope to start making it more frequently now. Um, but I really appreciate everyone who's sticking around to listen through every minute of these podcasts. I know it's a grind. I know the, the content is only going to get better from here. And I appreciate everyone who's been listening from day one, uh, really supporting me, whether that's through text comments, uh, whatever it may be, really appreciate you guys. And we'll see you in the next episode.